Hello folks, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life. Our program is supported by your gifts, but it's brought to you out of the heart of two ministries. One is the Ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism, where I've been the executive director for over 30 years. We're a disciple-making ministry among the nations. To learn more about us, go to traincpe.org. The other ministry is the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, where I'm the Bible teacher, and this is the word we feed on. Today we share another of what will likely be a number of strange forms of communication to the body of Christ, preaching into an empty room to dear brothers and sisters listening on the other side of walls miles away. We don't know what's going to happen through all of this. We should not make our only source of comfort be an optimism about the American experience. We need a peace that only Jesus gives. And he offers this peace in John chapter 14, verses 27 through 29, just before going into the suffering of the cross. Peace, he said, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father For my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Believe in Him, the one who gives us true peace. The third thing that He teaches disciples as you go through that chapter is that their faith is going to be strong if they'll put it in Him. And even if he becomes absent from him, at that moment their faith will become even stronger. In verses 12 and 13, this is what he says. He that believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, I'm going to go away. But I am going to glorify God in you and through you. You ask in my name, and I'll be at work in your life. And I'll be at work through your life. You can trust in it. It's a part of the spoil or plunder that I'm going to give you because of the victory I'm going to win when I go to the cross. The fourth thing that the Lord Jesus promises to give and distribute at this moment in time is the gift of his Holy Spirit as another self, as one that would come to them and express the life of his own life within them. And so verses 16 through 20 of John chapter 14, let me read those to you. Jesus says this, this to his disciples, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter or helper. And the word another there in the Greek means another of the exact same kind, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because neither it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Keep in mind that the Lord Jesus is about to go and die in dereliction on the cross. But just before he goes, even before he goes into all this suffering, anticipating his conquering over death, 
he begins to, in a sense, give out promissory notes and distribute the comforts and the plunder and the bounty of what he's to accomplish on the cross. He knows the sorrow that you're going into, but he also knows the victory that he's going to accomplish. I don't know how this event is going to turn out. And I don't know what you're going to experience in this event. And I don't know what sorrows and difficulties you're going to experience in the future, nor that I'm going to experience. But I know this. Jesus Christ, out of the triumph of his cross, offers me a peace that will overwhelm all of that suffering and all that difficulty so that all this hardship and all this unknown difficulty cannot be compared with the glory that will be yet revealed in me because of the peace that Jesus Christ won on the cross. And even as Jesus was going and descending into this significant time of suffering and his disciples were about to have their hearts torn apart, he says, don't be troubled and don't be in fear. Peace. Peace is on the way. Here's the last thing I want to point out to you, and it's this, that Jesus lets him, them know that he works his peace in their lives in a mysterious way. In verses 28 and 29, we read this. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father for my father is greater than I. And by the way, the reason Jesus says my father is greater. Listen, that seems to be a superfluous thing to say if you're just a human being. That means that you and I can't say, you know, God is greater than I. We don't need to say it. It stands as a fact. If a person has to say it, you'd think that they're out of their minds. Why does Jesus need to say it? Because he's equal with the father. He's one with the father. And he's declaring the greatness of the Father that exists and abides within himself. He says, my Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. In other words, Jesus is saying, after you go through all the things you're going to go through and the difficulties you're going to tread through, you just know that I'm weaving together and I'm working something that's so mysterious and so wonderful and the end result of it will be not that your faith will be destroyed, but your faith will be increased. And the end result will be not that you'll, left, you'll be left in misery and sorrow and disappointment, but I promise you, if you trust in me, it's all going to result in you being filled with great rejoicing. And if you only knew it was coming, you rejoice right now. Here the Lord Jesus is saying that uh, things are not as they think it is. And things are not as they think they are when these things begin to unfold before them. That he's working a, a great point of blessing and glory for their lives. And he's working in and through the agonies that are ahead of them that will be open before their eyes. He's working and he's putting together even as he goes into the garden, even as he faces betrayal, even as they watch him being arrested, even as they see him being beaten and flogged and crucified and dying and buried, he's working to bring quickly to them a source of joy and wonder that is going to cause them to rejoice. God is weaving in all the awful that's before them a blessing that they can't understand at the moment, but one that they'll rejoice in. And if they only knew, they'd rejoice at that very moment. God is doing that for you right now. 
If you will receive the peace that Jesus Christ is offering, the Bible has promised that God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's God's promise to you. If you yield your life up to the purpose of God, and his purpose is that you would be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, that through the blood that he shed for your sins, and through the life that he offers you and the peace that you offer, if you would receive the gift of peace he offers you, you'd realize his purpose for you, because that's his purpose, peace. His purpose is your wholeness. His purpose is you in deep, profound, unending relationship, transcendent, loving relationship with him. And when that's realized, he says, now know this, now I work everything together in your life for good. I'm working and designing all these things for your blessing. Mysteriously, all these things are going to work out. We don't have to worry about what the future holds then, do we? We don't have to be overly concerned. Oh, we have our responsibilities. We have our obligations to our society. We have our obligations to our neighbors and our friends. We pursue grace and mercy with them. We pursue uh, a, a way of ministering to them and blessing them and encouraging them. But the greatest encouragement that we might offer them is the peace that Christ has offered us. William Cowper put it this way for the believer. He says, God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and he rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-ending skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break with blessings on your head. This is where we come to our conclusion. And what do we say about all these things? There's more I want to talk to you about this nature of peace next week, but I just want to say right now, don't settle for a peace that is fixed on earthly outcomes. Please don't settle for a peace that comes in a confidence in the viability of our economy. Don't settle for a peace that comes because of a confidence that in your own, uh, uh, your own health or which way this virus is going to bounce or what you think about how serious it is or unserious it is. And don't place your peace in anything that will not face the final test of standing before a holy and just God who at this very moment extends to you the offering of peace. If only you will receive it. And if you've received that peace... Why would you look for peace or comfort anywhere else but in the substantial, eternal peace that Jesus Christ has delivered to the core of your being? A peace that he gives you because he's plundered and vanquished this age and this world and all that it has to offer. He's extracted every good and great thing out of it in order that he might channel it and deliver it for us and for our blessing. That's the promise. All things, all things work together for good. And nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. And he's given us this peace. He's wondered this, wonder, won this peace for us. Having gone through seeming weakness and failure as a naked, battered Savior suffering on the cross accomplishing through seeming defeat and certain death the endless delight and peace that he gives to us now. So trust yourself to him. Receive his gift.
this peace is like none other. Would you pray with me? Really, O oh God, the peace is yourself. It's you. You are the one who brings wholeness to us. You come in and fill up the God-shaped vacuum in our life that nothing else can fill. No other relationship, no other possession, no other accomplishment, no amount of knowledge, no pursuits of pleasure can fill this great, empty, echoing chamber in our souls than the God who put it there. It's meant for you. But when you come into us, you bring to us the wholeness of God. Thank you for that, we praise you. And you, O oh God, in that moment, bring into us your life as a God of love. And we're reconciled to you. And we're near to you. We're close to you. And you're nearer to us than our very breath. And this is all given to us through Jesus Christ and all that he accomplished for us. And so, God, we praise you and thank you. And we pray for those we love and we care for, that the circumstances of the day and age that we're in might awaken them to a greater and deeper answer than anything that this world can offer them, the peace that Jesus Christ offers. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.